Hi and welcome to The Final Whistle. This is Deepan. This is Kabir. We are more than 30 episodes in now and I thought it was about time to finally have someone from the women's football community with us. Yeah. Uh, I've had several conversations with a few people I know in the past week and it's quite clear to me that women's football is not a known entity in Singapore. Mm. Uh, some are not even aware that we do have a women's football scene. Really? Uh, yeah, which is sad. I mean, and this is not just two or three people. I had a conversations with like a few people. Uh, but over the last two, three years, I think it's fair to say women's football has taken some strides forward. Uh, not just here, but I think generally over the over the course of the few mm. nations that we follow. Yeah. Uh, Kabir, how familiar are you when it comes to women's football? Okay, I'm not too familiar with the local scene, but... Of course, the Women's World Cup has been quite a spectacle to watch the past few years. The past few editions have been really good. And I think a few goals made it to the... the uh, Puskas? Puskas, yeah. The mm-hmm. Pus- made it to the Puskas Award, nom- not the nominations. Mm-hmm. And of course, that of course has brought some spotlight to the scene. But I'm really not too familiar with the local scene. I think the ones, the news that I've seen on... That I've seen about the local uh, women's football scene hasn't been good. Mm-hmm. Like, they normally talk about the results, then the how how bad things are, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's... A fair re- reflection? Uh, that's a fair reflection. Mm-hmm. So that said, I do see women's football growing and that's a definite positive like, for everyone. Yeah, like, like you said, you don't know much about women's football and, I, and yeah. I'm in line with you on that. I think there's no shame because we are all learning. Uh, we want to learn together with our listeners today about the background of today's guest, the problems that exist within local women's football. Uh, so I take great pleasure today in introducing to the show a former Singapore women's national team player and Singapore's current women's under-16 head coach. Welcome to the show, Chris Yip. So uh, how are you doing, Chris? Oh, uh, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So for starters, um, tell us what are you up to these days? What are your roles at the moment? Oh, for now, I'm just coaching. So actually trying to inspire the next generation. So mainly girls. So as you have mentioned earlier, so I'm just helping the national under-16 uh, women's team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, besides that, any school football or? Uh, besides that, um, I'm so uh, doing the Active SG. So mm-hmm. I'm Active SG doing the grassroots program and also with uh, Bowen Secondary School. So that's a girls team as well. Okay, nice. Uh, as always with our guests, we always start back in, in the childhood. So what is your background? How was childhood like for you? How do you get started with football? I think football was more like an accidental sport to me you know, because mm-hmm. when I was in uh, secondary school, I wanted, I really wanted to join like a sports CCA, but um, there weren't many choices available. So I wanted like basketball and like track and field. So both were, n- were not available to actually for females, mm-hmm. but it was quite weird where soccer was actually available. Okay. So it's one of the few schools that actually had soccer. Hey, why was this? Sorry. Uh, Bowen, Bowen. So, so yeah, oh, my alma mater. Yeah. Uh, so it just one goes one. But why wasn't track and field available for <laughs> girls? I don't know. It, it's not even a CCA Oh, not yeah, even a yeah. CCA. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So you you said they took took it up in in school, mm-hmm. but before that, I mean, was your family football fans? Um, uh, no, no, we have nothing. We we don't even watch football actually. So it, it was like that's why I say it's just an accidental thing mm-hmm. yeah so uh, so I just wanted something to do with like sports then I was just like okay I just sign up sign up for soccer but I didn't know what that was yeah okay so you didn't watch it at all on TV or uh, I kind of like know what it is but as for me going into it playing it uh, I never had any prior experience mm-hmm. yeah so when you decided to take up football as a CCA um, you would have told your parents right so what did your parents have to say about that uh, I 
don't think my parents were actually quite strong because uh, before I was doing football, like in primary school, I was doing like Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. So to them, like uh, for for me, for like a girl doing like a Taekwondo is a bit like rough already. Mm-hmm. So if I tell them I'm playing soccer, you're just like, oh, it's just another thing that she's doing again. Yeah. Okay. So which belt did you... Oh, I, I got a junior black, then I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I I played I did taekwondo for a year, oh. and I only got the the yellow, <laughs> the yellow tip. It's good enough, bro. You tried, uh. I tried. <laughs> but you know, when it when it comes to football, um, at that time, so when you were talking about joining football as a CCA, uh, which year was this? Uh, twenty thirty. Hey, wait, sorry, twenty two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So at that time, were was women's football? What what was the situation back then? Mm, I wasn't really sure because I just like new to the sport but I know that uh, you know how boys have like B and C division mm-hmm. but during that point of time girls only had like one category okay. so maybe like for me for uh, when I just joined I'm like sec one I have to play against like the sec force you know so it's like Whoa. pretty pretty scary mm-hmm. yeah but I mean because of the uh, lack of players involved that's why uh, this had to happen Okay. Yeah, but many have changed uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Since then, yeah. So how long before you fell in love with the sport? Mm, how long? It was I, not immediate. No, it, it wasn't immediate. Yeah, because I I I got a shock. I think like it's, it's a bit difficult to kick the ball. You know, when you first okay. started, you just like you know you have to open up the hips, which is not something very natural. Mm-hmm. So it only it only comes after like many trainings and repetitions. Uh, I only started falling in love with football is when. I was actually scouted to play for the National Under-16 Girls team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had this, uh, the girls tournament back then, no BNC. Then one of the coaches uh, saw that I could run fast. So she decided to uh, get me to join a team. So when I was there, I saw many of many good players. And also I was thinking, if I'm going to have this as my CCA for the next four years, why not make the most out of it? Yeah. So as the, mo- the more I played, I just fell in love with the game. Yeah. So you only fell in love with the game after you got good at it uh, <laughs> yeah yeah after like watching watching like more uh, people play la, because back then it's just like oh not many girls play football it's only like guys then when you go into a different setup you see that oh actually girls can play football mm. too so that was pretty inspiring mm. yeah so it got Got you motivated to maybe be part of a bigger setup and all. Yeah, but you know when you're young, when you're younger, you like okay, I'm a national team. It's like you take pride in it, you know. Mm. Then just like okay, I want to stay there. I want to be good. I want to to not just be there to fill up the spot, but really earn your place. Mm. Yeah, Chris, how would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, like first of all, what, what kind of positions do you play? Oh, I play mainly the attacking positions, but mm-hmm. I, I can play the rest of, of the posi- positions as well. Okay. Maybe other than goalkeeper, because I'm a bit <laughs> short. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm more attacking-minded mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm quite fast. Mm-hmm. So usually the coaches will put me on the wings and uh, because of modern football, they all have the inverted wingers thing. Yep. So I'm right-footed and so most of the coaches always like to put me as left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though I'm right-footed, I still can cross with my left foot so that gave me an advantage as well okay yeah. and and truth be told not many male players can do that which which is to use their weaker foot to put in a cross yeah, bro my left leg useless eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, of course in I asked you about this early on which is what do your family think about it right so uh, when you progress into being in a national team and all uh, I'm sure you have like you know when especially Chinese New Year comes around you have like extended family and all uh, when they realise that you're a football player were, were there any brick bets I mean did people try to talk you out of the sport say hey no, girls shouldn't be playing football or something like that 
I think my mother has been pretty supportive. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really uh, stop me or anything. So, but she, she she always said that as long as uh, it makes me happy, I'm uh, she'll support me in whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for my auntie, they would be like, oh, how she play football? You go play football. <laughs> Very rough eh. She always mm-hmm. under the sun. Then mm-hmm. would damage the skin, you know, all the yeah. usual uh, nagging and like, complaints. Yes, roundhouse uh. Huh? Give her a roundhouse kick. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's something that many, many girls out there face, yeah. which is they might love football, but they're talked out of it by their parents. I mean, would you say something to these girls out there who want to pursue the sport but can't because of their parents? Mm, I think it takes a while to actually convince your parents. Uh, I think the best way is to just uh, ask them to come down and watch you play that you enjoy the game and then they realize that hey my daughter's actually enjoying she's happy I think ultimately at the end of the day uh, parents just really want their kids to be happy yeah mm-hmm. and for yourself you know you talk about being happy what was it about the sport that gave you happiness mm, I think it's more of like an escape you know how um, like you have like schools and school like your exams and everything and like maybe family problems mm-hmm. so once you start playing like all these all these just become like background, you know? Then you can just focus on the game. You're there, you're in the moment, you are present and you're just like with your friends and all of, all of you are just like working hard together to actually try to uh, become the best players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you find yourself, you know, using football as a form of escapism because um, you were facing exam stress or, or, or whatnot? Do you feel like football really gave you the escapism in life? Uh. Yeah, pretty much. Because I think during that period of time, uh, my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. Then, so I was living with my mom and uh, with my grandma as well. So, uh, with, with my younger brother as well. Mm-hmm. So, three of us. So, we were staying with my grandma. And we are always... we, we Three of us, we were staying like in one room. La, so, it can get a little bit cramped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, having football around actually helped me. So, I wasn't really at home most of the time. Uh, I was just out playing. So, after like school trainings, I'll go to national training. So... I only just go home and like sleep. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is that I think it really helped because sometimes these situations that you are in that are, uh, that maybe not me but other pe- people are in they always fall into bad company. Mm-hmm. So football actually served as like uh, a distraction a path for me to actually grow. Yeah. This is really nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you this later on in the episode because I do know that you help out with sports cares program, right? Yes, yes. Uh, which is actually, uh, explain to us a little, who, who are these kids who train in the program? So, Sport sport Cares, they actually have a Saturday night-like program. So, this program is uh, mainly for youth at risk and for kids with uh, kids from low-income families. Yeah, so um, we, we just want to gather them uh, into this program for them to come down and have fun. So, instead of just hanging out uh, at the void decks or at anywhere else, they are actually here to do something purposeful and meaningful and also to make new friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe it's because of your background where you used football as a form of escapism, which is why you, you want to help other kids who possibly want to use football in the same manner that you did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, sport cares motors, uh, the, their motto is uh, changing life through sports. And I think that uh, it, it really, like I went through it so I could... Um, I could vouch that really sports could re- really help people to change their life. And mm-hmm. also, um, I think that being there as a coach with sport cares, it actually, um, it's kind of helping my younger self. Because when I was younger, I actually want to ha- want- wanted to have like this role model that I can talk to, share my problems with. Mm-hmm. Because 
uh, when you're going through all these problems, you're actually going through alone and there's like no adults around. Like my mom is busy like working and then my brother is too young. So you just really want like a mentor to, mm-hmm. to look up to. Mm-hmm. So for me, helping out with sport cares, I wanted to be that mentor that uh, I wanted when I was younger. Yeah. Nice. How do these kids come to you when they have like personal problems or is it purely when during that, that time that you you are with them? Uh, no, actually some of them actually like, they, they would like drop me a text, say, hey coach, I have this problem. Then we just like, I'll just talk, lend a listening ear. Mm. Then some of them, had, they were like, oh, I'm facing trouble in school, like mainly studies. So I actually volunteered my time to give them tuition. So before uh, oh, okay. before the football session it, itself, so I would just sit there, uh, go, go through some questions. They bring their textbook down. Mm. Then we just go through it. Yeah. So we had like this revision before football. Uh, so it's, yeah. it goes beyond sports. Yeah, it goes beyond. It's beyond. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, do, you, do you watch football these days? I mean, uh, is there a particular team that you support? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I've been trying to watch more local football. So I the, the recent SPL, I actually watched it. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I mainly watched the Barclays uh, FAWSL. So mm-hmm. it's like the BPL, but the women's, for the women's yep. side, yeah. So is there a particular team that you root for or a particular player that you try to follow? Mm, I like, I don't really have a particular team, but just like maybe three teams. So mm-hmm. I like to watch Chelsea, Man City and Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, because all three teams, they have really fluid passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I during my research, I found that um, you, in particular, you admire one one player of maybe a few others, but you like Tobin Heath. Oh. Uh, she's since joined Manchester United. So why did you not mention <laughs> Manchester United? In- uh, oh, don't take it personally. Man- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tobin Heath, is a, he's, she's a very a really great player and she's a great addition to the Manchester United team but mm-hmm. um, I think uh, for Manchester United it's just their second season in the in the um, uh, WSL yep. so they are still pretty new mm-hmm. they are still trying to find their footing mm-hmm. so as for me I like to watch the nice fluid football so watching Man U can be a bit frustrating but uh, it's interesting. Like talking about yeah, the men's team. <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess the club's philosophy uh, applies the same way, la, mm-hmm. men's and women's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, but there are certain things I can learn from, from mm-hmm. Manchester United. They have great pressing up front. It's really quite nice to watch. Yeah. Okay. So when, when you watch this uh, WSL in particular, right, um, those who don't follow women's football, I mean, uh, tell us more about the quality. I mean, it's something worth watching because I have followed a few games, especially Chelsea's games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just so speak to the listeners who possibly might want to get involved in women's football and watch that. So why should they watch it? Oh, I think that for a women's game, it's actually more technical. You mm-hmm. can see that uh, the the players are thinking, they are not rushing. They are really very patient. So they are actually passing the ball, finding the right moment to go forward. And uh, they are very unselfish. Mm-hmm. So if they see their teammates in space, they will just play. And also probably less drama in the women's game. So if you get a knock, okay, like, just get up, you know. Yeah. There's no no such thing as diving, okay? Yeah. Really no such thing as diving. <laughs> that's why that's that's what makes it a beauty. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I watch the men's game, I just like, oh come on, just get up, you know? You know, just yeah. like it's just such a light nudge. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe in the men's game there's more stigma. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. What what are the other differences that we've seen from the men's game and the women's game? Mm. Good or bad? <laughs> Both. Oh, I think for the women's, uh, now we are getting more courage, so that is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you can, if you watch the games, right, the the players, the the venues that they play are, they play at, right, it's not like huge stadiums. Mm-hmm. It's like those uh weekend uh, weekend football, the male league, they just play there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that 
uh, we should look to change lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, because I've been watching it for like two to three years now, uh, initially you just had a like small following, but now you actually can see the 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 pitches, the the stands around the pitch actually filling up with like fans. Yeah. So that's something that is nice. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In, in the intro, we talked about how women's football has grown over the last few years. Um, what do you attribute it to? I mean, why has women's football suddenly taken on such a, a, a rise, you'd say? I think it's because of the coverage and also like social media. Uh, for, for me, like in the game, when I see like uh, posts, any football related posts, any skills by any female footballers, I'll just repost on my Instagram story. So I think being able to have that coverage actually reach out to more girls who actually are interested to play. And I think like what uh, Kabir mentioned earlier about the Women's World Cup. So that actually uh, garnered a lot of coverage and more people are aware that women's uh, there are more women's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. in, I think in America, the game is more popular. Yeah. Uh, the women's team is more popular than the men's team, right? And I think they were talking about funding, uh, putting in more funding for the women's national team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, seen, I mean, well, the women's national team, they have been like world champs like yeah. four times. Yeah. yeah. So of course the funding will come. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was I, I just want to ask this. Um, You were talking about Manchester United. I just remembered uh, Rapinoe's uh, comment saying oh. that it's uh, disgraceful that United ha- only has a team like it took them so long mm-hmm. to invest in a women's team. What do you think of of that? Because she's quite an outspoken uh, person in, in, in the media. Yeah, I, I think that uh, as much as I'd like to agree, but um, I think it takes time for mm. actually the, the game to develop. So for me, I would think that it's better late than never. Yeah. And the fact that uh, Manchester United women's, uh, the team managers, it's a uh, female. So mm. they have a female coach for them instead of a men's coach. So I think that is very, uh, I think, um, modern of them, I guess, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, take, put their trust into like a female coach because I would dare say that in Singapore, not many people want to put their like oh female coach maybe I'm not so good you know even not not even for a female team right? uh, female team okay lah probably more leeway but if mm. you there's almost like none no no female coaches coaching a male team in Singapore not that I know of lah mm. yeah but do you think it's something that is possible in the next five years ten years where because you talk about Singapore and I agree with you yeah, I've not seen a, a female coach taking up a men's team but isn't that also the case um around the world where I think the, the one time that we saw was in the uh, Hong Kong team, right? They hired uh, yeah, yeah. the women. But do you think it's something that we might see in the Premier League or La Liga? Uh, I think it's changing, but it still needs, um, maybe for women's, we just need more uh, growth, more mm-hmm. opportunities. So actually, if you uh, looked at, look at the WSL games, most of the coaches are actually female. So Man U, they have a female coach, Reading, uh, Chelsea, uh, Brighton. Yeah, there are many female coaches out there in the WSL. So I thought that's a really great start. And the football they played is really good. Mm-hmm. So from there, we can see that actually the women's coaches, they are uh, as, as good as the men's, just not given the opportunity to do so. Okay. Yeah. So when you see a man, a man um, coaching a female team, do you feel any kind of like, why is this guy getting a, a job? There are many... Uh, women's coaches out there 
But the thing is that for me, if the guy is good, uh, he's able to do his job well, uh, there's no complaints for me because mm. if you want to talk about diversity in mm. women's football, we need to involve the men as well. Mm. Yeah, we need them to come in, uh, to maybe pave the way, to support us because we, we can't do it alone. Like for women's, we can't do it alone. We need uh, other voices out there to mm. help us. Yeah. Let's get back to you for a bit again. Um, you know, what are some of the more annoying questions or comments that you get as a women's football player? Uh, I remember there was once like in secondary school, I had a friend, you know, last time face, like Facebook Messenger. Then he was like, hey, I challenge you. And I was like, oh, challenge what? <laughs> then he was like, oh, we, we challenge juggling. And I was like, okay, la, what, what's yours? It's like, oh, 200. And I was like, ah, easy. La. Like, <laughs> then he was like, oh shit, I, got, I just got owned, you know? Yeah, very funny. Do, do you have male footballers, not male footballers, but male friends challenging you in, in football frequently? Uh, no la, no. Because when they see me play, they actually know, they actually, uh, when they see, they're just like, oh, okay, Chris can play, Chris can play. Yeah. Then sometimes, uh, I remember before I went to VJ, so I was actually training the eighty boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I could keep up with them. Yeah. Nice. So do you feel like there is respect in general for women footballers? Respect in general, I wouldn't say so la, but for my friends, uh, and people who know me, I do have the respect for, from them. Mm -hmm. Because I think maybe I have gained that respect, which is quite sad. La, because I have to earn that respect from you instead of just like, why can't you just take women's football seriously? Mm -hmm. yeah. But is that unique to Singapore though? Or do you feel it's a global problem? I think it's more of a Asian, mm -hmm. ASEAN problem. Yeah, more of a Southeast Asian problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think because we are still very conservative, like we still think that uh, football is a men's sport. Yeah. Okay. But when you were starting out as a footballer and then you progressed through the ranks, right? Do you attribute it to good coaching that you got better? Or did you have to, you know, watch clips uh, on YouTube and then you practice by yourself? What do you attribute your rise to? I think... Uh, good coaching like really good coaching and people that actually want to invest in you you see that they are genuine genuine in wanting to help you so I think I was pretty fortunate in my playing journey to have met uh, good coaches and um, even though football wasn't very developed then uh, both of my both of them were like female coaches as well mm -hmm. yeah so who are these sorry? Uh, so one of them will be uh, Xiao Xian mm -hmm. and the other one will be uh, Li Ting Okay. Yeah, so Chinese, I know. This <laughs> this was in um VJ or uh Bowen, Bowen. Bowen, yeah. okay. So so in Bowen when I uh first started out, I remember I was just a very angry kid, you know. So uh so my coach so uh Xiao Xian always like started start the training, it's like, okay, we need to juggle and you need to hit a certain number. Then if you can't hit a certain number, you just have to keep trying, keep trying. And I got so frustrated, I just like threw the ball. I just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, too, it's so tough. I can't even juggle the ball. Yeah. So I, I really, really hated juggling. But then she came to me and she really believed in me. So she was saying that you need to be patient. Uh, you get there. So just try again. So I just like take a deep breath. I was like, okay, I try again. Yeah. Then I remember uh, walking to school. I would just have like walking and imagine there's a ball at my feet, like pretend to juggle, you know, just getting that motion right. Mm -hmm. And after after that, I just, I love juggling now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And which is why you're able to juggle more than 200 times. Oh, uh. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many can you? Can uh, you let's not talk about it, bro. <laughs> right. You, you want to know my number? Two. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Mine is not that bad, but mm, two. Uh. So, Chris, do you feel that men uh, in Asia or in Singapore 
um, are still narrow-minded when it comes to women in sports. Not just football, but women taking up sporting uh, roles. Do you feel they're still narrow-minded? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think if I would, I would like to share a personal experience. Mm-hmm. So I was doing like a coaching course a football coaching course. So the only course, like I was I was the only female in the course. So the first day, the instructor walked in. Good morning, gentlemen. And I was like, wow, then why am I? <laughs> like, do you not see me? Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, lah, never mind, it's fine. So the entire week, right, any question he he, he asked, I answered I answered all his questions. Then we had a practical uh, session and then I, I did really well for the practical session. So from the second week onwards, he was like, oh, good morning, lady and gentlemen. Yeah, just like come on, why, why, why do I, why is it this all over again? Why do I have to earn your respect again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is that it's so different because when I was in uh US, so I did my internship there. Then at the same time, I just thought, why not just uh do a coaching course? So, uh, so I did the e license. So it was uh, a three day course, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the instructors thought that I did really well. So they actually uh fast fast track me to the D course. So by right between the E and the D, you need to like wait for six months. Lah. But so within three weeks, I was I managed to do the D. And also uh, they sponsored for my D, which was quite amazing because for the first time in my life, I felt like I was given the equal opportunity to succeed, like based on my um, uh, potential. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not about uh, anything else. And it, it's, I, th- I think it's really, I don't know. I just feel very happy like, every time I think about it. It's like, unforgettable uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like when I was in US, I'm, I'm not even an American citizen. I'm female, I'm Asian, but yet I, I'm given that same opportunity to succeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that's the case here where we are not as um, keen to give females the equal opportunity that guys get? Mm, I don't know. Maybe guys feel threatened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that's my point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we are still... We're still slowly moving forward. La. We are not there yet. I, I don't think it only happened in sports, maybe in other, like maybe in the office as well. Uh, this, 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 these things usually happen. Yeah, I think because we are still moving uh, from the traditional way. So we always see like the male is always the head of the family and they are the ones like bringing in the... Um, putting the bread on the table but then now like tables have turned like women are going out to work they're actually they're actually doing well in their careers and I think it's a change that people are still not mm, willing to accept mm-hmm. yeah for I know for younger generation it's, it's okay but it's just the older generations you know like how they are brought up they brought up they've, they've been through this way so they think that we should be brought up the same way too mm-hmm. yeah would you call out a uh a friend who would make any comments that would be not so nice to women or, or putting down female players or just females in general. Are you the kind of person that will just tell them off and educate them? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I don't actually, I didn't really experience that because like, as I said, my friends really respect me. Mm-hmm. So maybe such crude comments, I don't actually hear it okay. from them. Yeah. So what would, what advice would you give to other female footballers or, or girls out there who perhaps receive this kind of criticism or comments on a on a more frequent basis than, than you did? Because you say you, your friends respect you, which is, which is great, but I mean, not everyone has that. Some people put them down and say, oh, a female should be doing A and B and not C and D. What would you tell them? Mm, I would tell them not to uh, be angry because sometimes words are just words, you know. Uh, it's best to prove your actions. So 
it should really serve as a motivation to just work harder and really just show them that oh, uh, women women can play too, girls can play too, and it's not it's not just a sport dominated by males. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they should yeah really just not be affected because yeah it's just words for me if uh for me i don't experience it as a player but as a coach i just okay never mind i will just uh do my own uh research my own reading up i'll be the best coach i can be yeah so sometimes you just got to turn all all these like hate comments into like fuel you know Mm -hmm. yeah nice do you think one day we'll see a female coach in the spl uh would i but the thing is that I think it's really hard to get through the players. Like, why would they want like a female coach? You know, like as I said, we are not we are not at that level where we can accept that a uh, uh, women can be a head coach for the SPL team. But let's be honest. I think your credentials. I think you have more credentials than a lot of male coaches. Would you think that maybe you can so called convince again? I I know you hate to say it, but earn the respect of the players in that sense. Mm, I think if given the opportunity. Uh, perhaps, but it will be a struggle. It will definitely be a struggle because I really still need to earn that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, allow me to dig a bit deeper into this because I can see that, that there's a story behind this. So, uh, Kabri asked a valid question, which was, I mean, would you see yourself coaching in the SPL, for example? Um, You have coached female footballers before. Uh, I'm sure in your line of work with volunteering and all, you have coached boys before. Something tells me that Coaching guys and coaching girls is very different. Is there something that's happened during coaching where you perhaps feel like uh, the respect that you get from females and males are different? Mm, I think females, they are more uh, keen to learn because they are in it, not because of, uh, everybody's playing it. They are in it because they are really interested in the sport. But some uh, guys are just like, oh, I'm just here to... Uh, uh, just be here, you know. It's like, it doesn't matter if I be good or not, you mm-hmm. know, just play. Yeah, so I think uh, there was this team that I actually covered for friends, so it was like a guy's team. They are monkeys, la, okay, <laughs> really. Uh, totally disrespect me. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the thing is that, I don't know, it was such a horrible experience and I just like, okay, never mind. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a bump in the road and this is just how women's football is like now, but it will change. La. It will change. Yeah. Were, they, were they kids or? Uh, youths. Youths. Yeah. So what What did they do? Uh, they just refuse to listen and then they just want to do their own stuff. And yeah, it's quite difficult Yeah, to actually get them to, uh, get, to coach them to uh, do to teach them what you want them to uh, what you want to teach them yeah so you were the only coach there or did you have like uh, there are other male coaches around who like, did not because, do anything um, as in they all have their own teams to take mm-hmm. so they wouldn't uh, know what was going on on my side yeah. Oh, okay. yeah so I think it was a very fair question but I could I could sense the apprehension on your face when, when, when he asked the question <laughs> so you know what needs to change um, for guys in general to accept that females are a part of the sport as well and this is a sport that belongs not to males but it doesn't belong to anyone it's anyone can play the sport yeah what needs to change i just think it's just the mentality that uh women shouldn't play football and that uh men's is a uh, that football is a men's sport that, that that mentality should change and i think i've seen it changing uh even though it's not as fast not, not fast enough mm-hmm. but um yeah, it's just really just opening up uh, the opportunities to just let uh, 
female come and play if 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 like if like if you're a guy and your female friends say that oh she wanna play football yeah just invite her you know mm-hmm. yeah so we should always uh want to help want to help them yeah okay uh for yourself you you had the opportunity to play in Australia um how did you get the stint and how long was the stint. Oh, uh, my, my friend is a PR there. So I, when she went back, I just like, hey, why not you just uh, help me get in touch with a the club? Then which she, which, which she did. So I just emailed like my CV and then uh, some playing videos. Then after they got back to me and they said they were keen to have me. So I just went over and uh, it was a really interesting experience. Yeah. This was a National Premier League in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which team were you playing for? Uh, I, was, I was playing for Monero Panthers. Okay. Yeah. So it was... I think they have a very good setup as compared to the women's uh, clubs here. Mm-hmm. So I was playing for the the senior team and then after the senior, there's the reserves and then there's the under 17s, uh, 15, 13s and then the grassroots program. So which they call the mini Panthers. Mm-hmm. So it was like the, there was structure all the way. And I was told that because uh, if you don't have all the younger age group below, uh, you're not allowed to have a senior team to participate. Wow. So yeah, that's the rule that uh, uh, FFA uh, set, which I thought was really good. That's something that probably we can learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was the level like, the, the playing level? It was uh, very different. Yeah, like in Singapore, sometimes you can just like slack a bit, you know, but mm-hmm. down there you can't, you cannot slack at all. Everybody wants to win. It's like, you see them play with a lot of heart and most of them are actually quite big, physically big. So the first time I played, right, uh, the next day I felt like I got hit by a truck, you know, <laughs> like those 50-50 challenges, I was just like, okay, you can, ju- you can take it, you can take mm-hmm. it, it's fine. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to go to the gym a bit more to actually put on some mess. Yeah. Okay. How long did it take you to, to, to adapt to all that? Uh, took me a while yeah the first time I played I was like shocked at the level and then uh, not only the level I had to get used to but also the the weather mm. yeah because when I was there it was going towards winter then in Singapore you don't get a chance to play in like mm. uh in, in like cold temperatures so I also remember the game that I played also uh, I crammed. I crammed really bad. Yeah, because of the cold weather. Yeah, it was so funny. Both my calves cramped and the opponent had to help me stretch it off. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> Which minute was that? Uh, going to the end, like probably the 80th minute, you yeah, know. Quite, yeah, yeah. Quite okay. but, yeah, but it was so cold. It was not, I wasn't used to it at all. Yeah. But how beneficial was this thing uh, for you to realize the the steps needed to be taken here to reach the level over there? Mm, I think it's possible for us to uh, be able to reach that same level, the same setup, but it's, it's just whether are we willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are, we have the, I don't know if resources is the right word to use. Yeah, I, but I think if we are willing to do something, uh, we should be able to, reach the same level as them. Yeah. Okay. Help us understand better the, the current level that we are at right now. So, um, I'm sure when you were with the national team, uh, you guys were playing in regional competitions. Uh, by regional, I mean ASEAN level, right? So, in, in ASEAN, um, what's our level compared to our neighbours like Malaysia, Thailand? Uh, probably at the bottom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The... I don't know when I was in when I was playing in Australia I felt that every game was like an international uh, friendly game but in Singapore it's just like oh it's just like fun kick about you know not so serious uh, then the thing is that 
I think we are very, uh, we like to complain. Mm -hmm. Like somebody nudge you a bit, you're just like, hey, ref, you know, then ref like, oh, I give you foul. Mm -hmm. Maybe because the ref like, oh, girls lah, you know, just give. Yeah, then it, it's very different because when I was in Australia, like person like just nudged me off. I like, just like, hey, then it's like the ref just play on. And I just like, oh, okay, yeah. Actually, this is how football it should be. Then you realize, so after when I was playing in Australia, I also came back to play for the regional tournaments as well. So when I played in the games itself, I realized that, oh yeah, it's actually this physical as well. If only our players could actually get these games week in and week out, we would definitely be able to uh, compete with our neighbors. Yeah. So basically you're saying that our, our female footballers need to learn how to toughen up to, yeah, to need, compete. Need to toughen up and uh need to be willing to work hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just happy that oh I'm part of a club, you know, like it's a social thing. We must all want to get better together. Yeah. What would it take for that to happen? For people to for players and everyone in the setup to look at women's football seriously. What do you think it would take for that to happen? I think we really need um I don't know, a role model or some or somebody to actually speak up for women's football, you know? Like we want to do we want to make a change, like some somebody prolific, I guess. You see like how LCS, you know, they had uh Forest Lead putting in the money and then you suddenly see like, oh, there are more interest in like the sport. And the Academy, LCS Academy just grew, just mm. grew so rapidly. So we just really need somebody, be it like a football, female football role model, or maybe just somebody who just really believes in something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I understand Lions City footballers have also um been doing trials recently to get yeah. the uh, women's footballers in the game. So when you see things like that, are you hopeful that our women's football scene will grow even further than than what it is now? Uh, I think we still need more of that. So mm -hmm. LCS they made a great start. They set a good example, but unfortunately, not all women's club have such resources. Yeah, for us, uh, we actually struggle to book fields. Uh, we do not, we probably, most of us who play, we are not like financially like well. So it's, it to be able to pay to play can be a bit tough, especially for students because now most of the players who are playing are youth players. Yeah, so we really need more help because like a basic thing like training ground, we don't even have. Yeah. When you say you don't have, um, so where do you guys train? Um... For us, uh, for, for my club, uh, still Aaron, we are quite... Um, so your club is still Aaron? Yeah, still okay. Aaron. So we are quite fortunate to have Chelsea on board. Mm -hmm. So uh, because we have them, they are able to provide a few for us. So we will train at UWC. Yeah, so okay. we use the school facilities. But prior, before that, before Chelsea came on board, uh, we were actually just uh, finding different space, uh, we were book. We were trying to book like weekend fields, getting uh schools to actually help us to see if they can like block the slot for us to for us to train. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but usually these slots are open up for the amateur leagues, the amateur weekend leagues, lah. Yeah. What about other challenges uh, in women's football? So um, can I just get it straight? So when you play for the national team, you I I assume you get allowance. Uh yeah, we do lah, but it's like what you said, allowance uh, So <laughs> not much lah. Okay. So what about, um, you, you talk about most of the players being in their youths. Um, so of course they don't get allowance for coming for training. I, I don't think that happens, right? Uh, the youth players, they do get allowance, but uh, probably not as much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you feel also like the allowance itself, the most basic thing, which is pay, should be also something that um, the FAS should look at? Mm. 
I guess because most if you want to keep players in sport like especially you want to have your national team that is uh, proper playing most of us are just adults you know we actually have jobs and then for us to come down and train after a long day at work it really requires a lot of sacrifice and if you're if you're only going to pay like that much probably we can just forego it you know because my job actually pays much more Mm -hmm. the thing is that we just need uh more incentive, I would say, because sometimes when we go for uh, overseas tournaments, uh, you have to take like a, a whole block of leave, of leave. And the things that when you take the uh, block of leave, sometimes it's just like uh, no pay leave, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just don't get paid, which is uh, quite a huge sacrifice, I would say. As you know, Singapore is not a very cheap place to yeah. live in. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's just really, it takes a lot out of us to be able to, to want to put it into the game. When you first came in, um, I had assumed that you were still in the national team. Uh, just for those who might not follow the women's football scene, so I invited Chris for today's show because I, I asked around, you know, who are the better players and all. And I remember when I was in uh, MI, uh, during the ADIF circuit, right? So she was someone who was really talented and people knew about from women's football. Um, and really at the time when I was watching, she was clearly one of the better players in the national team. But today, um, you told me that you're no longer in the national team, which surprises me. Uh, you're only 26. Um, yeah, why why, why do you decide to stop playing football mm. for the national team? I think that this is probably not my, my generation to actually uh, succeed. So uh, why not? I actually channel it to the next generation. So uh, I'm coaching now. So I think it gives me more... Uh, I feel like I can give back more to the game when I'm coaching than I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why do you feel like it's not your generation to succeed? Uh, don't you feel like women's football is now at the stage where you should be playing? Uh, women's football is, but uh, locally, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that most of the uh, countries, like we've talked about Australia, who is... Uh, they are actually ranked seven in the world and um, they are not too far away from us as well, as in uh, region-wise, la, not ranking-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you can see that actually most of them, they started playing really young. For me, I only started at like 13, which means that I have a huge gap, uh, which I cannot actually close. I cannot close the gap. I, I think no matter how hard I train, I will never be able to close the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because for them, the players, they actually train consistently. Like for me, I actually stopped to play, uh, stop because of like A-levels, you know, because we have to put like education as priority. So because of all these gaps in uh, my football journey, uh, I wasn't, I don't think I'll be able to be the best player that I can be. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So do you feel like um, locally when you train with the national team, um, do you feel like you're one of the better players or like you said, because you did not have the consistent training that maybe some of the current national team footballers have, uh, you were not able to you know, put yourself on the same level? Do you feel that way? Mm, I think I would say that uh, I'm I would probably the better ones, one mm-hmm. of the better ones. And uh, most of the players now are really young. So actually, the previous AFF, we had Danelle. So she was like 14. Yep. Yeah, and then she she's like my teammate I used to coach her in the age group as well mm-hmm. so the thing is that uh, if you, you I'm looking at players like Danelle, Putri they actually started way younger and if we talk about playing years they actually played longer than me mm-hmm. yeah so you can see that difference uh, even uh, in, in Singapore itself yeah but do you not feel that um, being involved in the national team you could also be a guide to these younger players that are coming up mm. 
I think maybe sometimes the players like, oh, I'm as good as uh, this player. Why should I be listening to them? You know? You like, feel that? Uh, yeah, I, I do feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which probably contributed to you leaving the national team as well. Mm, that's just one of the factors. Because mm-hmm. for me, when uh, when I was playing for national team, I actually uh, put in a lot of work. So on the weekends, I'll wake up early, I'll work with a... With a Scott. So Scott is the uh, goalkeeper coach. Scott Star. Yeah, Scott mm. Star. Yeah. So I uh, work with him. So he he will help me with my finishing, my touches. So I would put in the extra work, you know, small group training with him. And also I would uh, ask the dance strength and conditioning coach, uh, Hidayat, to come up with a program with me to work on my speed and my strength and everything. But I'm probably one of the few that only that, that do that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and it, it left me thinking, uh, if I'm the only one that's working so hard and not, and everybody else is just like, just comfortable to be in a team, you know, mm-hmm. then what's the point? You know, like football is like a 11, it's like 11 v 11 game. You need 11 players to work hard together. Yep. Not just one person just putting in extra hours and, and effort. So I think if we really want to do well as a national team, we really need to make it count. We need to make our hours count, not just be happy to be a national player. Yeah, you can flaunt your, your national flag out there, but, but when you go and play international tournament, where are we? We are at the bottom of the, the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can so see we, clear we, passion from, from Yeah. Players. So we really need to, we really need to want it more, not just be happy that, oh, I'm here. I'm a national player. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, what I shared earlier, everything's not negative. Okay. There are always players that who wants to work hard. Like mm. for, for instance, there's like uh, Nani who's in Brisbane now. Mm-hmm. So she also played, she also went over uh, over to just try to be the best player that she can be. So we need more of these players who want it more. Yeah. Okay. So if you see, let's say in the in the near future, you see more players being like that, would you go back into, go back to play football? Mm. I think if I see that happening and uh probably it will ignite a fire within me to be like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to be part of that team. Mm. Yeah, everybody's working hard, you know, not you're the only one like working your ass off. Yeah, so I think that would inspire me uh, to want to play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So between now and uh, the next five years, um, let's be very explicit about it. So what would you want to see FAS do for our women's game? Mm. I think we need to uh, rethink our, our league structure, our competition, mm-hmm. because so now we have two tiers like Women's Premier League and Women's National League. And the thing is that because uh, for us, women's, we don't get much sponsors. And when a sponsor actually come in, they will say that, hey, can you change your team name to this? So imagine you're in, a, in the WPL team and then you suddenly you change your team name. Then you just straight away just relegate again. You know, you just go back to WNL to restart again because you have a new team name, even mm-hmm. though most of your squad, your your team members are just the same players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just like, oh, okay, I'll relegate. Yeah. So the rules are if you change your name, you yeah, relegate, yeah, relegate yeah. it. Yeah. But of oh. course, it, it got better. Okay. Uh, maybe because, I don't know. So for Lion City Sailors, they didn't have to go down. So they get to stay up. So they were mm-hmm. pretty known as Home United. Mm-hmm. So uh, FA let them stay there as in the WPL team. Uh, and mm-hmm. We all know why now. <laughs> oh. any, any other things that you like to see uh, improve? I mean, of course, money is one. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, and I agree with you, I think there are resources out there that can be used towards the women's game. Um, you talk about league structure. I think that's that's uh, valid. Uh, what else would you like to see in terms of uh, women's football that uh, improve? Mm. I think 
right now we just want to have more girls playing you know uh be like role models for girls who really want to play uh open doors for girls who want to play you know just have we want to have as many girls to have more pool you know once you have a huge pool uh, at the bottom you definitely have you will you'll reach to have like a cream of the crop eventually mm-hmm. yeah so basically you, you want to see more schools take part in 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 girls football for starters lah. yeah definitely but i think that there it has grown mm-hmm. but uh we hope that it will be as big as the boys you know how they have like zonals but for girls we only have like just one national competition mm-hmm. i think as much as it has changed since my time and then uh my, my time and now so my time only had like one division. Now we are able to split into B and C. So I think that is pretty uh, a, a huge step forward. Yeah. And also uh, before that, I was volunteering at this uh, girls' school. So uh, I was told that um, the some somebody uh, somebody uh, of authority said that oh uh, girls shouldn't play football. That's why we are not having this as a CCA. <laughs> In someone from the school. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, in the girls' school, yeah. Imagine if in, in Singapore, we have so many girls' school and if imagine each girls' school have a team, imagine our pool would just increase rapidly. Yeah. Mm. I think I think the the problem that exists in Singapore football, which is not just unique to, to girls, right, is the lack of opportunities. I think I think it exists for, for boys as well, but obviously girls have it worse. I think if we open up um, girls' football in, in most schools, I think we'll see, like you said, uh, the cream of the crop rice and uh, I, I I do genuinely hope that we we get to see more girls taking up football because the opportunity is there for them yeah yeah um before we move on to the rapid fire I just want you to use this time to uh, you just talk about the two leagues that are available in Singapore um how do do people who have not been watching the league follow the league so uh, you talk about two leagues again could you mention the two leagues again uh so the first one is the women's premier league so that's like the first tier mm-hmm. and then we have the women's national league which is the second tier okay yeah so actually uh FAS would release the fixtures so they would give the venue and then the time so people can actually go down and watch you don't have to pay lah mm-hmm. so the games are on weekends uh yeah mostly on weekends so you can just go down and watch and just uh, show your support yeah and i think I think there was a period of time I think one play sports I think they covered it for a bit mm-hmm. yeah or SG podcast I think okay yeah. SG football podcast yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. good so they, friends yeah. <laughs> uh, for yourself you are playing at still Arion FC uh, yes so um, at the moment are you guys training um, how's uh, it like? as of now no because uh, we do not have the field because UWC is closed they are not able to allow the public to enter mm-hmm. so we hope that in phase 3 things will change so that we can begin training again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so at the moment, have you heard about when the next season is going to start? Mm, not yet. Yeah. There's probably also something that you would hope to improve because uh, I, I I do understand it's a COVID year and, and things are a bit weird. Um, but I've also had conversations with a few female footballers who have said that they have been left in the dark uh, in terms of when the next season is going to start, when training can resume. There's been close to no conversation about that. So that's what, uh, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of I don't knows out there, you know. Like you ask question, the only thing I say, I really don't know. Like we we all don't know, and I don't, and I really hope this is something that, uh, FA can provide like clarity for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you that, the, the the the, the the SPL has is done and over with, and then you guys are still, or do you understand? Uh, I mean, it's not surprising that such a thing would happen, but as much as I would want to play. Uh, 
as you can see, the women's, we are not giving as, as much resources to be able to handle the extra, uh, like responsibilities, extra responsibilities. Mm. Yeah. I think, I don't think people are willing to actually come down to be like a safe safety management officer. We do not have that manpower to actually come and help. So I think that's also the reason why we are not uh, able to play. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for all your insights. We'll move on to the rapid fire round. Five questions that will require immediate answer to. I'll start off with the first one. Who's your favorite women's player? Uh, currently is Vivian Midema. Arsenal's Vivian Midema. Uh, next question. Who is one local footballer that you admire? Uh, I've been watching the SPL, so I like to watch uh Kyo- Kyoga. Yeah. Kyoga. Kyoga yeah. Nakamura from Tampines. <laughs> uh, Kabir. Uh, third question. One regret that you have. Uh, not applying for an, an overseas university so that I can play football over there. <laughs> Fair enough. Was it not, was it an, an option? Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, fourth question: What would you do if not for football? Uh, I think I would do engineering. I I, I like science. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually have an engineering degree, but not really using it. <laughs> okay. Uh, my final question, which is, what is your wish for Singapore football? Uh, my wish for Singapore football, uh, be it men's or women's, is to just provide the opportunity to whoever that wants to play. Because as I said, uh, fo- uh, football is not for just male or just female, it's for all. So we should be given opportunities to whoever that wants to play. And if you really want to do your part uh, to help the women's game grow, uh, be it uh, girls or females, you should just lend them a helping hand and give them the opportunity. If you want to be involved, uh, men should be involved as well. We need people to be the voices for us. Yeah. Wonderful answer. Um, like Chris, uh, if you're also in the women's football scene and, and you'd like to have your story heard, uh, do contact us on our Instagram page. We'll be more than happy to have more female footballers on the show. Uh, Chris, I wish you all the best in your future. I hope uh, you're coaching best fruit. Uh, I hope to see you back in the national team full somehow, one way or another. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming. Yeah.